Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. For more information about us, please visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Amen. Thank you, guys. So, yes, we are so, so grateful for our mothers, and uh, I'll just say on behalf of us as kids and husbands, thanks for putting up with us. Uh, remember the words of Jesus when he says, forgive them for they know not what they do. It's true. We have no idea what we're doing, and we need you more than you know. Uh, so I'm, for one, thankful for my mom and great mom, um, and I'm, of course, thankful for my wife, uh, Christy, and she's an ama- amazing wife, and I know you're thankful for um, for the people in your life, the moms in your life, and so go over the top for them today if you can. Uh, but yes, happy Mother's Day. All right, so we are in week number 51 of what we've been calling uh, our teaching series called Jesus. He changes everything about everything. And we have this Sunday and next Sunday, and uh, then we're finished with this series, and after that I have no idea what we're doing. Um, I haven't even, I don't even know. I mean, so you have to show up in a few weeks to find out what we're going to be doing. I'm praying through like maybe a two-year study through the book of Jude. I don't know, something like that. It'd be difficult. It's one chapter, but whatever. Uh, Our hope, though, our hope is that as we look at the life of Jesus, as we look at the stories of Jesus, as as we consider the things that Jesus taught us, that he would actually change us, that he would transform us. And this is the journey we've been on. I know some of you are guests today. But this is the journey we've been on. And maybe for you, maybe you know Jesus. Maybe you don't know Jesus. I don't know. But for anybody, any one of us, no matter where we are in our experiences in life, we can acknowledge that Jesus truly has changed everything um, about everything. And, and even if you don't like the changes that he's created, he's certainly changed history in so many ways. And so today the message is simply titled um, Marked by Love. And, you know, as we're drawing close to this uh, to the close of this series, I've just really been praying about what is the things, Lord, that you want us to really grab a hold of? Because we've been talking about this for a year, at least these themes that we've been sitting on, and there's too many things to grab a hold of. So what is it that you want to grab a hold of? We, act, we believe that God's word never returns void. He's doing work in this place. But there are things that he specifically wants us to grab a hold of. And I think today, one of those is simply this, that we, that we want to have a greater love for Jesus. Um, and before anyone... Florida goes, oh, okay, rolls her eyes and thinks, oh, we're going to have a message about loving Jesus. We all know this, that we need to do this. Um, I just want to ask you to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. You're not here because, just because it's Mother's Day, or it's here today just because it's another Sunday. I hope you're here today because you're open to what the Holy Spirit may want to say to you today. And so I believe the Lord, the Lord wants to encourage a lot of us today. He wants to draw near to many of us, and I believe he wants to speak into us, and he wants to spur us on in the things that we've been doing. And I know whenever we go to sports games or whenever we show up to cheer on our team, those of us that are on the sidelines, we cheer them on, right? We're like, yes, keep going. We believe in you. We shout their names, whatever it is. And today, I I just believe that that's going to happen for some of us. You're going to feel a little bit encouraged today. And uh, I know when I was in I played high school basketball, and I remember the difference between playing at home and playing on the road. 
at playing at home, you know, the, the whole student section is there. They're cheering for you. They're even shouting your name. You know, I remember vividly, like, you know, running down the floor after I hit a shot, and my friends are in the stands going, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I love that moment, but I also remember going on away games. You know what I mean? You go to the away games, you're in enemy territory. There is the student section of the away team shouting at you, yelling at you, but not in the same way, are they? In fact, I remember one game at Carl Albert High School where they were particularly choosing me to be their guy that they were going to get on. And they were yelling at me, calling me every name, calling my mama names, calling everybody names, right? And then I wish I could tell you today that I rose to the occasion, that I overcome the adversity, but I didn't. Because whenever discouragement comes at you, your mind starts thinking about the wrong things. Your mind starts getting distracted and you get messed up. And, and today I just want to tell you, this is a home game. <laughs> we're going to be encouraged. We're going to be spurred on. The, there's enough discouragement in the world. There's enough the enemy is going to throw at you to try and get you off your game, to get you off track in life. And today that's not, that's not what's going to happen. We want to encourage you. This is why these days are important, because we got to keep going. we got to keep digging. we got to keep leaning in. we got to keep believing for more. Hebrews 10.24 says this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. So today, may we spur one another on towards love. I don't believe there's anything more important in your journey than loving Jesus. In fact, I can prove that there's nothing more important. Mark 12, verse 28. says, of all the commandments, which is the most important? This is a question to Jesus. The most important one answered Jesus is this. Hero Israel, and I actually used this quote from Deuteronomy earlier this morning, but Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So as many of you already know, loving God with all that you have, with all of your heart, this is the first and greatest commandment of your life. So it's fair to say that loving Jesus is the most important part of your journey. And I would say, I know some of us in the room may think, well, I don't know if that's true for me. It may be true for others. It may be true, it may be true for them, but not for me. Um, let me read you another verse. Matthew 10, 37. Jesus says something quite startling. He says, anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. So happy Mother's Day, yeah, you know. <laughs> Any of you love your, who love your mama too much, you gotta, gotta stop. <laughs> Any of, any of you moms who love your kids too much, mm, you know, pump the brakes. <laughs> Let me get this clear this matter up. Jesus is not anti-Mother's Day or anti-family. Um, pretty sure he's cool with it since he created it. Since God is the author of, and in fact, in his commandments, he says some things about loving and honoring parents, I believe. <laughs> but Jesus is actually trying to relate to the people and trying to find the clearest example of the type of love that people have that they can compare it to. And he's like, listen, the kind of love you have for the people that are most important in your life, actually, I'm calling you to a greater love for your creator. He's like, I want you to love your parents with everything you got. I want you parents to love your kids with everything you got. But listen, you got to love me more, which sounds a little, little, little strange because if he's commanding, is it, is it love? 
Is it love if, if it's a command? I don't particularly like when people command me to do things. Are you with me? The other day, I was literally pulling up. I parked my car on the street. There's a whole bunch of other cars parked on the street, and this lady was going, you can't park there. In fact, you'll get towed if you park there. You need to move your car. And I'm like, who are you? You cannot command me to move my car. I don't like to be commanded, yet Jesus says this, right? John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commands. So is love obedience? Is, this, is loving Jesus just about doing what he says? Well, that's not what Jesus said, just so you know. He didn't say, to love me, you have to obey me. He actually said, if you love me, then you will obey my commands. If you love me, you'll do this thing like obedience. If you love me, it won't be that hard to follow my ways. So what is the nature of love? Of course it includes obedience. There's also this emotional sort of swell within us of affection and compassion and mercy and delighting in and admiring Jesus and treasuring him and doing all he commands. This is the nature of love. It comes out of Philippians 3, 8, where it says, I count everything as a loss compared to the surpassing knowledge of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. That is the nature of love. Nothing else compares to my desire to know Jesus. So this got me thinking, is Jesus, is Jesus changing me? Am I loving Jesus more now than I used to? And I think any of us in that, if you've been in our church and you've been here maybe the last year even journeying with us, that's a pretty good question. Are you loving Jesus more now than you did a year ago? If you've only been with us a few months or if you've been with us this very day, this question still can apply. Are you loving Jesus more now than you used to? Do you love Jesus more? Are we actually, are we actually growing in our ability to walk more by the Spirit and less by the flesh? Are we actually growing more in love with Jesus as the object in the, of our affection? Is Jesus becoming more to us? Is he changing me? These questions aren't intended to ask us if we're failing. They're intended because I actually believe there's some evidence that we are. That's what's encouraging. That we are actually growing more in love with Jesus in this church. That we are actually seeing people change the way they live. And that God is actually doing good work in so many of us. And I'm encouraged by it. And I want to say, keep going. Keep going. Keep charging. Keep digging. And you're saying, oh, that's not me. That's not me. Just, just stay with me for a little bit because I believe God is doing some good work and I want you to be encouraged. I have a few marks of love that I want to share with you. If Jesus is changing you, there will be a few marks to show for. A lot of times we talk about the wounds we have in life. Everybody says, oh yeah, these are the scars that I, that I have. And we talk about the, the marks that have come out of pain. We don't talk enough, enough about the marks that come out of love. You know what I'm talking about? The marks that come out of actually pursuing Jesus. There should be marks in us. So the five marks I want to point to uh, are ways to consider how and if you're growing deeper in love with Jesus. So these are the marks of his love. So I got five of them. The first one is this. We spend time with who we love. We spend time with who we love. Are you spending more time with Jesus these days? Perhaps that is in the form of prayer. Perhaps that is in the form of reading the word. Perhaps that's in the form of gathering with other believers. Perhaps that's in the form of serving more than you used to. Are you spending more time with Jesus these days? Some of you are like, I don't know, but just stay with me. Are you spending more time with Jesus these days? And if you are, that's a good thing. 
John 15, 5 says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So abide, in case you don't know what that word means, abide means to stay, to remain, to linger, you know, stay a little longer. There's another synonym, synonym for the word, it's called to stand, so to stand with Jesus. And I know we live in a culture that likes to abide, you know, I like this, I know this because I see people abiding all the time, they abide in things like Game of Thrones, <laughs> they abide in things like sports, they abide in things like work, but here is Jesus saying, will you abide in me? Will you remain in me? Will you stay with me? Will you actually stand with me? I want you to think of this, that there should be seasons, there should be seasons of increasing measures in your life. There should be seasons of increasing, increasing measures in your life. Seasons that you push past where you've been and you create a new normal. You guys get that? There should be these kinds of seasons. For example, I remember when Christy and I were dating, and I told her for the first time that I loved her. Mm -mm -mm. I told her for the first time that I love her. And this was like a huge breakthrough moment, right? Because at the time, this was as high as we had ever been in our relationship. It was the high of highs, right? I had told her I loved her, and guess what? We had hit the ceiling if you, were, if you will, of where the relationship had been. But guess what? The very next day, that ceiling became the new floor. I started building from there. It was no longer the same anymore. Once we had breakthrough and I said, I love you, it was like a new day. Are you with me? And there was no longer, it was no longer what it used to be. It was now a new reality and a new normal. And I had a new ceiling for a lot of us, you need to allow the ceiling to become the new floor for you. If you've had increasing measures of prayer this last year, you need a new ceiling, and that needs to become the new floor. If you've had increasing measures of reading the Word, maybe you've been doing the gospel reading plan, and you've spent more time with them, you have a new ceiling. If you've, if you've spent more time having conversations, if you've had more time Here's the thing, we spend time with who we love, and if you've spent more time, you've got to see that he's increasing your measures because increasing measures, they're not intended to be a flash in the pan. They're intended to create a new normal, a transformed way of living and thinking, and in this case, abiding. And so here's what I want to say to you. Don't lose the ground that you've gained. So many of us, we gain new ground, and then we retreat and go back into old habits. Don't lose the ground that you've gained. That territory is now your territory. You need to keep it. The ceiling is the new floor to build upon. Are you with me? So number two, we have new experiences with who we love. So we, we, we spend time with who we love. We have new experiences with who we love. This one's rather simple, but I, I love this one. I'll, I'll, I'll explain it this way, pretty simple. Christy and I had a really great day with our kids. Um, I think it was this last summer. I got a picture to kind of prove it. It's just already good, right? We were 12,000 feet up hiking, and then we stopped and literally had, gra had, a, had, a, had a picnic in the grass, like on this meadow with all these wildflowers. I mean, it's just like, you know, out of sound of music. You know what I'm saying? And then we, and then we uh, picked those wildflowers and later found out that that's illegal. 
we saw this, we saw this uh, bighorn sheep like literally right in front of us on this day, like just standing there. And it's just like one of those days it just kept going. You know what I'm talking about? Like this day is awesome. I love that memory. I love that experience. But if my entire life, I pointed that day as the best day ever, and it could never get better than that day. If the rest of my life, I took my family every year to the same spot, and I tried to say, let's do it again. Let's, let's have the same picnic in the same place, and let's hopefully see that same bighorn sheep somehow, some way. If I could say, if we could just experience that again, it would be like the good times again. I just want you to know that love actually believes the best is yet to come. Love actually believed that new experiences are around the corner, and so we keep adventuring, we keep pushing, we keep exploring, we keep trying new places, new foods, whatever it is, and then with the case of Jesus, it means that we always are expecting new things from Jesus. We, don't, we didn't hit the ceiling, if you will, 10 years ago at that church experience that we had where God poured himself out and said, man, if I could just have that again. What I'm finding is that God always does new things. And this is really, really important. And some of you have experienced new things, and you need to understand he's going to have more new things that he's not done. There's certainly a standard in the Bible that keeps us in the, within the banks of the river, if you will. But God is always doing something new, and some of you have had new things, and I just want to say that's awesome. Keep going. But some of you have to let go of trying to recreate the thing that God has done that he's done in the past and need to look around and trust the new things that he's doing. And this is especially important. You've been with us and God's pouring his spirit about and a revival occurring. We can look in the past and see all the ways that God's moved over the, over history and go, wow, we can learn from that. We can grow from that. That's amazing. But if we try to recapture something by doing something the same way, all we're basically doing is taking our kids back to that mountaintop experience, hoping that it can happen again, but not realizing that it was intended for that day. Many of us are guilty of this. And so what we do is we go, oh, God moved in a great way. And so we, <laughs> and during that worship time, so we try and play the same songs. Or God moved in a certain way when we read that chapter in the Bible, so we go back to that chapter and read it over and over again. God used that verse one time, so we think maybe he'll use it again. And all those things are great, but maybe they were intended for that day. It's a great day. It's a great memory, a great moment. But Isaiah 43, 19 says this. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and the streams and the wasteland. You see, Jesus expands the boundaries of our experiences in order to deepen our faith, to expand our beliefs, and to get us in the mode of asking for more. I don't know if you're, if you're, if you're catching this one, but this one's huge. Jesus, he expands our boundaries by giving us new things. To deepen our faith, to expand our beliefs, and to get us in the mode of asking for more. So number three, these are marks of his love. Marks of love. We talk about who we love. <laughs> we talk about who he loves. As a pastor, I want to I join you in the fact that uh, it's a difficult thing to make Jesus the object of your affection. 
It's a difficult thing, and it's a struggle. There's an up-and-down nature to the journey of walking with Jesus, and I want to say I understand it. And I know that we often sometimes slip into making other things the object of our affection, other things the love of our life. And I can prove that I know this because I know this, that we usually, usually in life, we talk the most about the things that we love the most. And a lot of us, we talk a lot about other things other than Jesus. I talk about my kids all the time because I love them. I talk about my wife often, and I need to talk about her even more because I love her. Spouses in the room, talk up your wife or your husband. Talk them up because you love them. There's no shame in that. It seems to me that the church here, we, maybe I'm just hopeful, wishful thinking. I feel like we're talking about them more, which I like that. I feel like we're talking about them more. And maybe you're doing this. Maybe you're leaning, learning how to naturally talk about God more in conversations. And I hear stories of families in our church. Uh, someone in our small group recently talking about how they, a year ago, they never really talked about Jesus in their house, but now they do so much more. I heard a story in a church about how conversations with friends are just different now. They're more about Jesus these days. And and I know we're not all there, but I, because of this, there's, a, there's, a, there's some rules in culture, aren't there? There are, two, there are two subjects that we don't talk about, aren't there? We don't bring up politics or religion, right? But here's the good news. Jesus is neither political nor religious. <laughs> People don't know that, so they put those labels on them, and they think that, oh, we can't talk about Jesus. No, no, no. Jesus is not about politics or religion. He's actually about grace and truth. And people actually want and need to hear about grace and truth. They might not even be about some religious agenda. But culture has boxed Jesus in. There are rules. Sometimes they're spoken. Sometimes they're unspoken rules that have muzzled the church. And I'm not telling you to become a culturally insensitive person. In fact, I hope that as we grow more in love with Jesus, it's just a natural outpouring to talk more about Jesus. Because here's what happens. When Jesus is in a forced agenda, when he's not a political point of contention when Jesus isn't any of those things, but instead he's just a genuine heart of love and peace. I don't find people too opposed to that. When people are rooting their conversations in passion versus religion or a right or some political agenda, when we talk, we have a lot more freedom. And because we talk about who we love, we should be telling stories about the things Jesus is doing. So if Jesus has done things in your life, you need to tell the story. You need to talk about it. We should be inviting people deeper. And you're like, what does that mean? It means invite them deeper into your life. Sometimes you can invite them here, sure. Invite them to church. But I say invite them into your life. Invite them to coffee. Invite them over for dinner. Start talking by inviting. And then we give them glory because he's worth it. Psalm 34.1 says, his praise will always be on my lips. We should be talking about the praises of Jesus. So we talk about who we love. Fourth one. Our minds are shaped by who we love. Our minds are shaped by who we love. And I don't want you to do lists like this, but I just felt like today, like these are marks of his love, right? Our minds are shaped by who we love. Maybe you're experiencing this. Maybe God has been shaping you in the way you think for some time. Life isn't, maybe life is a, uh, 
isn't just go have a good family and have a good career, but life is actually changing and you're thinking differently now. I don't know if anybody in the room is thinking differently than they used to think about Jesus and faith. Romans 12, 2 says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know what the biggest question I hear is all the time? I need clarity. I don't know what God wants to do with my life. I just need answers. I need, I need like a, an obvious open door. Like I feel like I just don't know what's next. I need to understand God's will. Is anybody with me? I hear that version of that question more than any other question in conversations with people, including my own conversations at times. Our minds are constantly in desperate need for God to give clarity, direction, wisdom, peace. And so many of us, I feel like, are maybe starting to taste and experience God leading us and leading our minds. You know what it says in Romans 8? It says, the mind governed by the Spirit is one of life and peace. The mind governed by the Spirit is one of life and peace. The more we love Jesus, the more the Spirit of God will transform our minds. The more we love Jesus, the more he'll give us. I wonder how many of us have experienced new dreams in the last year. Maybe you've had new thoughts this past year because here's what God does. God changes what you care about because what you care about is what you dream about. And if you've been caring about something different and your dreams are starting to change, it's because God is transforming your mind. So maybe more than ever you find yourself dreaming about things more about, that are more about the kingdom. Maybe Jesus is working in your mind in ways that he hasn't worked in some time before, in new ways. Perhaps you aren't being conformed to the patterns of this world, but your mind is being transformed, right? Being renewed. Well, I want to say keep going, keep trusting, keep believing. Don't let those around, don't let the world stop you. Don't let fears stop you. Don't let others crush these new dreams. And I'm, oh, I might be talking to just a few in the room. My sense is that there's a few that are really listening today. Because you need to hear this today. God is changing what you care about. And I love seeing this happen in people. Just the other day, a friend called Christy and said, hey, we have some money we want to give for a ministry purpose and we'd like it to go to serve people in need, is there anything we can do? And when your thoughts about money are conformed not to the patterns of this world, you'll start dreaming about using things like money and time and talents for things that matter more than the next new toy. Deuteronomy 30 says this, starting in verse 19, Today I've given you the choice between life and death. What is a choice, by the way? It's a matter of the mind. Between blessings and curses, now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Come on. Calls on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by what? Loving the Lord your God obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. This is actually in the Bible. Our minds are shaped by who we love. Our choices matter. God gives us choices, and he actually wants to help us with those choices. 
because the mind governed by the spirit is one of life and peace. All right, number five, last one. <laughs> Love always wants more. Love always wants more. In spiritual language, this would be called hungering and thirsting more for more of God. Love always wants more of Jesus. And love always wants to receive more of him, but also give more to him. That's what love always wants to do. Just like in a marriage, as we grow deeper, the best marriages learn how to walk in the fullness of giving and receiving. Giving and receiving becomes the journey that we're on when we're loving Jesus, that we learn how to give more, we also learn how to receive more. And I had this picture earlier this week of the boundaries that many of us live in the boundaries of our faith, I feel like they're changing. Your love for Jesus is changing you. You aren't thinking the same way you used to think. You aren't praying the same way you used to. Your faith has increased. And I assume you say things like, man, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know this is what it meant to, to follow Jesus and to believe in the stuff that we read in the Bible. Maybe you've had the encounter of reading the Gospels and go, man, I actually want to live this thing. I actually want to see the things that we read about in the Bible actually happen in my life. And I feel like the boundaries of your faith are expanding and changing. Some of you have had the wind of God's Spirit actually blow over the fence of your faith. And now it's more expansive than it's ever been. It's more possible than it's ever been. It's more faith filled than it's ever been. That's where some of you are. And I want to say keep going. Keep going. Keep digging. Love always wants more. But I, know, I realize that not all of us are there today. This year may not have been a year of growth for you. It may have been a year of struggle. It may have been a year of failure or frustration or hurt or desperation or distraction. And even if that's the case, I would ask you, do you have a desire for more? If your love desires more, even in after, maybe you don't have all these marks of love in your life, but maybe you have this one, that you have a desire for more. Love always wants more. You know, my grandfather turned 96 this last week. Pretty amazing. He's lived a long and amazing life. He's part of that World War II generation that is not many of them left. And many years ago, he began losing his hearing after decades of heavy machinery building planes for the Air Force, right? He began losing his hearing, and, and now he has a really hard time hearing anything. Uh, and so when I talk to him, really anybody when they talk to him, they have to kind of raise their voice, of course, really loud, lean in right into his ear and be like, hey, Grandpa, you know what I mean? Get right in there. And, and it's, it's hard to have a conversation with him, but we can get the job done, but it's, it takes effort, right? It's like, let's go try and have a conversation to where he can hear us. It's, it's, but it's also kind of sad that he can't sit with the whole family and just have a conversation in the room. But what's always struck me is, and what I'm amazed by, is when my grandma talks to him. She doesn't hardly raise her voice. She has this sweet little soft voice I can barely hear. You know what I mean? I'm like, eh? She just talks to him like normal. She doesn't lean in. Most of the time he hears her. And I'm like, 
how does this happen? I can barely hear her, and when she speaks, she doesn't lean in. But this is what I'm talking about. Years of devotion, years of loving have dialed my grandmother's voice in to where when she speaks, my grandfather hears her. He's found her frequency. Her voice isn't loud. It's truly a gentle whisper that years of love have given him ears to hear. Imagine a lifelong journey with God that ends with almost being able to hear nothing else but one voice. A lifelong journey of love where you you get to the end and almost everything else is muffled except one voice that you have dialed in on. A life where God doesn't have to yell at you. He doesn't have to do dramatic things to get your attention. He doesn't even have to lean in to cut through the noise of your life. But instead he speaks and you know his voice. You see, the nature of love is I count everything a loss compared to the surpassing knowledge of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. That's the nature of love. Everything else fades into the background compared to that. Jesus changes everything about everything. He changes our time and how we spend it. He changes our experiences and gives us new ones all the time. His mercies are new every morning. He's worthy of our praise, so we shouldn't be able to quit talking about him because we love him the most, right? He shapes the way we think, the choices we make. He actually wants to help us make the best choices. And there's, with love, with the Lord, it always wants more. It wants to give and receive more. So may we be people who are marked by love. May we be people who love Jesus and want to become all that he's created us to be. And if those five things are happening in your life, I want to say, keep going. Allow the ceiling to become the floor. Don't lose the ground that you've gained. Keep going, my friends. But if those things aren't in your life, if those things aren't in your life, I would just say the exact opposite. We'll start spending time with them. (laughs) Start looking for new experiences. Start trying new experiences. Start talking. If you're like, I don't know what to say, just talk to someone about God. Maybe you need to have questions. Maybe you're talking about God as questions. And when you start doing that, he'll start changing your mind. He'll start transforming your mind. And you're going to find yourself wanting more of it. Because love always wants more. These are the marks of love. Go after them. And oh, by the way, the good news is that you can never outlove God. I'm going to read a passage to you out of Ephesians 3.17. This is the Passion Version. It says, Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you, and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences, the great magnitude of the astounding love of Christ in all of its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is His love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours out until you are filled to overflowing of the fullness of God. Let's pray together. 
And I do pray that you're encouraged today because I know that some of you would say, I am spending more time. I am seeing new experiences. I am, I am seeing God expand the boundaries of my faith. And I want to say, keep going. Keep going. For those that say, I, I, I'm just walking in today and this is, I don't know. I don't know what to think about this. I'm just saying there's no more important thing in your life than the journey of loving Jesus. And maybe these marks today that we talked about could be things that you would say, I need to lean in there. I need to lean in there. Well, Father, I want to pray. I want to pray. But Lord, uh, I ask that, Lord, you would meet every person right where they're at today and that Lord your love that we just read about in Ephesians 3 would surround their hearts surround their life and that Lord you'd begin to pour yourself out as the word says you will into them I pray your love would abound today and I pray that Lord we would feel encouraged in our faith that we feel spurred on like Hebrews 10 says so God we love you we trust you we pray all these things in your holy name We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.